The following sermon is by Manny Alaniz, pastor at St. Stephen's Chapel in Northwest San Antonio, Texas. For more information, for prayer, or to support us financially, please visit our website at ststephenschapel.org or call us at 210-241-5969. The truth will set you free. Let us prepare to hear God's truth through the preaching of his holy word, which begins with prayer. Let us pray together. Holy and gracious God, may your Holy Spirit give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that with the eyes of our hearts enlightened, we may know the hope to which Christ has called us, the riches of his glorious inheritance among us, and the greatness of his power for those who believe in him, we pray. Amen. Please be seated. As many of you know, in, in another life, I used to be a, a police officer for the state of Texas, and I've told many stories about that. So Please bear with another story. Uh, one of the things that I did uh, as a police officer for the state is I was a polygraph examiner, and I've talked about that before. I oversaw the polygraph section, 25 examiners throughout the state of Texas. But I am a polygraph examiner. A polygraph is a lie detector. Yeah, that's commonly known or referred to by many as a lie detector. Um, I'm gonna, this morning, I'm gonna give you a big secret. I'm gonna let you in on a big secret about the polygraph, about a lie detector. You ready to hear it? It's, I'm gonna tell you how to pass a polygraph. The only way to pass a polygraph is to lie. That's the only way. The only way to pass a polygraph is to lie. It, it's funny. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. But the passage is about lies and about truth. Okay, the only way to pass a polygraph is to lie. You're going to lie during a polygraph exam. You're going to lie about something. You're going to lie about something that the examiner cares about or something that the examiner doesn't care about. You're going to lie about one or the other. Okay, are you with me so far? So that's how that's how you're going to determine that if, if you lied about something the, the, the examiner cares about, you're going to fail the test. If you lie about something the, the examiner doesn't care about, you're going to pass the test. Okay. An example, I'll give you, I'll give you two questions for an example. Here's a, here's a question you could be asked on a theft case. Have you ever stolen anything from your job? Have you ever stolen anything from your job? And for somebody like Aiden in school, have you ever stolen anything from your classroom? Have you ever stolen anything from your job? You're thinking about, I'm thinking to myself, oh man, how about those pins? I take a pin home every time. Oh, I take some paper. Last time I took a ream home, I was gonna, I was gonna bring it back. You know, you're thinking like that. That's what's going on in a lot of our heads. Have you ever taken 
or stolen anything from your job, you would answer no. Okay. Now, as you read a polygraph, uh, as you've seen them before, they they give you all these. We 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 hook you up to to different things that measure th different parts of your body. You see those lines, right? And you see, for every question, you get a reaction. I don't care. Is your name Manny Alanise? And I say, let's say I wanted to lie to that. I would say no. Is your question Manny Alanise? No. Response. Is your question Manny Alanise? Yes. It would keep going. There's a, there's a little response there. You respond to everything. Okay, so that's the first question. The other question would be, did you steal those $2,000 from your classmate's backpack? Did you steal those $2,000 from your classmate's backpack? Okay. Let's say that you did. You would say no. Okay. You said no to both of them. You got, when you said you didn't steal, uh, from from your job, you got a reaction. Bang, bang, you got a reaction. And then, did you steal those $2,000? You said no. Bang, you got a big reaction. Because why? Because you're here talking to that examiner because you're being accused of a crime. And if you fail this test, you're going to jail. There's terror here. There's something like, oh, man. Now, let's say you didn't steal it. You didn't steal those $2,000. And you said, no, you're going to get a reaction because you're there. You're already tensed up, but you're going to get a bigger reaction from the no to stealing from your job because you took that ream of paper that one time. You took those pencils. You took something. Big reaction from the job. The examiner doesn't care about your job. He cares about those $2,000. You lied about your job, but you passed the test. There you go. That's how you pass. You have to lie. You have to lie. Isn't it interesting how to get to the truth, to reach the truth for a human, is that we have to go through lies to get to where we want, what we want, which is the truth. Did you take it or not? Isn't it interesting that we have to go through lies? So that begs the question, what is the truth? What is the truth? In our society, think about our society and the truth. Our, in our society, more and more, truth is relative to the individual. Truth is subjectively based on the person's perceived desire or opinion or preference. Preference. What does that mean? Well, what, what may be true for me may not be true for you. Isn't that the way our society works? Our society values that to the point of personal freedom, making it a personal freedom. In our society, it's, it's a personal freedom to choose a lie and believe it. That's what you want. That, that's what, that's his, her freedom to choose to, to, to believe that lie. Isn't that weird? But that's what, it, what it's come to. 
what is true for you may not be true for somebody else. But let's talk about truth. Truth is not simply what works. Because in reality, a lie can appear to work. But you're still a lie. Truth is not simply what is coherent or understandable. Like, just because you understand something doesn't make it true. Because a lie can be understood. Okay? Keep going. Truth is not simply what, what makes people feel good. Because sometimes, many times, we feel good for lies. Truth is not simply what the majority says is true. Because 51% that makes the majority doesn't make it true, does, doesn't make a wrong right. Okay? Stay with me. Truth is not simply what, is, uh, what we can comprehend, uh, what, what we can comprehend that's far-reaching, okay? In other words, truth is not something that's very detailed and intricate and you've got to understand it, you've got to dig into it, you're learning more about it. That doesn't make it true. Because a lie can be the same thing. You can believe a lie. Truth is not defined by intent. Because good intentions doesn't make it true. Doesn't make it a truth. You can have good intentions, in your opinion, for a lie. Truth is not simply what is believed because you can believe truth, but you can also believe a lie. Uh, how many times has that happened? One more. Okay. Truth is not what is publicly proved or approved by the public. Because a truth can be privately known and publicly not approved. Are we getting to where truth is? We're trying to hit truth here, okay? So then what is truth? What is truth? Well, guess what? That's the question that Pontius Pilate in our passage asked. But of all people on the planet to ask at that time, he asked the King of Glory. He asked Jesus, what is truth? Very end, as Daniel read it to it, at the very end, he says, what is truth? What is truth? And, and Pilate's doing this he's, as, as he's questioning Jesus. He has Jesus. Now he's judging Jesus. He has Jesus on trial. Isn't that comical for us to know? Because now we can look back and see that's, that's, that's funny. But, but it's true. It's true today. There are many people in our world, many people that you know, that always have Jesus on trial. They're always testing Christ. If you believe in Christ and he has given you his divine word, which is truth, and you just say, I don't know, I don't know about that, then you're testing him. It is comical. It is comical because the celestial king of glory 
is on trial in a kangaroo mockery court being presided over by an, by an earthly judge, Pontius Pilate. The king of the universe, the, the creator of, uh, of heaven and earth, all that is seen and, is, and unseen is on trial by a human being, one of his creations. Wow. How dare we? But God allowed it, and Jesus withstood it. Listen, as we start looking at our passage, we can immediately see that Pilate is in over his head. And, and it's not, not based on what we know, that he's tested, he's tried, he's put on trial, the Son of God. That's not why he's over his head. He, he is, but he doesn't realize that. He's over his head because he's overwhelmed because there's an insurrection. There's an insurrection. That's a violent uprising right there at his doorstep. The entire city of Jerusalem is revolting. It, 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 there's an uprising. There's a riot. And Roman leaders couldn't have riots. They'd be, they, they would be thrown out of office. And, you know, the way they reacted to riots was with violence. Well, this time they're overwhelmed. The whole city's there. He's got his hands full. All because of the person that stood next and stood in front of him. Jesus Christ. This leads us to the critical. Here's the, here's the critical issue we're looking at in our, in our passage today. The critical issue is God's truth and the devil's lie. God's truth and the devil's lie. So what's happening as we look at our passage? What's happening? What's taking place? Why is it so bad? Because Jesus has come to the world as a human, bearing the truth of God, bearing God's truth. He is the truth bearer. Well, the, the religious leaders have rejected that truth. Jesus has come, and he tells them, I'm bearing the, God's truth. I bring you the truth from God. And they're rejecting it. Rejected. So what? They're rejecting God's truth. They prefer to believe. If you reject divine truth, what do you prefer? You prefer to believe a lie. They can't both be true. Okay. <clears throat> so they prefer to believe their lie. They, in turn, convince the, the the Jewish people, the people, the entire nation of the Jews. To believe the lie and turn against Christ himself. Is that possible? Yeah. Look at the, okay, here we go. Let's talk politics. And we never talk politics. It's a big no-no in church. But I'm not talking primarily of politics. I'm just going to use it as an example. In the last presidential election, there was a big controversy. By, and both parties were at odds with each other. Major parties were at odds with each other. One party believed that the, that the, the election was legit. The other party said, no, there was scandal, there was corruption. And they both held and hold strong opinions about that. 
Now, let me ask you this. Now, and we're out of politics, but I'm going to ask you this. Whichever side you take, I want to ask you, be honest. If, let's say, I took the side that I thought there was scandal, there was corruption, and it was shown to me, and, and I believe it, I stood on it, I, that's my truth. And it was shown to me without any doubt. They counted the ballots right in front of me. Without any doubt whatsoever, if it possible, without any doubt, it was shown to me, to you, that there was not corruption, that it was a legitimate election. Would you change your opinion? Would you believe it? And for the majority of the majority of people, they would still wouldn't believe it. The other way, what what if the other side it was shown to the other side that hey look look at all this this corruption that's going on. In fact, we have people coming forward saying they they lied. They they voted fifty times or something. Whatever you know, it, it was shown without a reasonable doubt, without a doubt, not even reasonable that there was corruption. Would they believe? Would they change their belief, or would they believe a lie? Same on the other side. Would they believe a lie? That's what we're talking about. Now, prior to what's going on in our passage, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was having heated arguments with the Jewish people, with the Jewish religious leaders. These arguments were heated. Heated. And he had our heated arguments with religious leaders all the time. The leaders were they were arguing about God's truth or Satan's lie, the devil's lie. Okay, now it's getting very interesting. Their rejection of God's truth was so bad. And, and, and Jesus is telling them, he's continuing to talk to them, he's continuing to tell, to tell them that he is truth, he is divine, he is what he's talking is, is of God. And their rejection was so profound, so to speak, was so big that Jesus makes a profound statement himself regarding their unbelief of God's truth. Jesus says this about their unbelief in chapter 8 of this gospel. Jesus tells them, Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my words. You are of your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father, the devil, the devil's desire. That's your will. That's what Jesus tells them. That's pretty powerful. Pretty powerful. Well, and it doesn't, it doesn't get, he keeps going. He, it doesn't stop there. Listen to what Jesus says next. And now he's referring to Satan. He's still referring to their, who the, he says that's their father, the devil, Satan. Jesus says, when he, the devil, lies, he speaks out of his own character. In other words, part of his character is lying. Part of Manny's, what's part of Manny's character? Oh, uh, part of my character is, uh, what? Think of something. Uh, I'm happy-go-lucky half the time or something like that. You know, it's just who you are, part of your character is who you are. It's just a characteristic of who you are, who I am. What Jesus is saying 
that he speaks out of his own character when he lies. He is a liar and the father of lies. The father of lies. Interesting. What's that? The father of lies. Satan is the father. Jesus is, says, the son of God says, Satan is the father of lies. And every lie, that means every lie derived from him. Now, we've heard before, you know, we're up against the, the, the world, the flesh, and the devil. You know, we hear that all the time. Well, that's nothing, because all that is traced back to Satan. It is all born of Satan. All the lies in our society today originated from Satan. How is that possible? How is it possible? Well, because he's the father of lies, and from him came death. From him came death. And, and to, make, to gain a better understanding, we have to go back to the beginning. To understand what Christ means when he says he's the father of lies, we go back to the very beginning where it all started, in the Garden of Eden, where Satan tells his first lie, his re first recorded lie. To, in human history. And he tells that lie to Eve in the garden. Satan plants the seed of doubt in the mind of Eve with a question that directly contradicted what God said, God's word, by telling her, you will not surely die. Remember what Jesus tells Adam and Eve? Hey, go out to the garden, work it, and eat of any plant. Everything's yours. Everything, everything is yours, except one plant. But don't eat from this forbidden fruit, this tree. That's it. If you do, you're going to die. Well, Satan questions that. He could, and right there, just that, just questioning God, it should have been an alert to Eve. Like, bing, 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 and the sirens go off. You surely won't die. With that lie, Eve led, I'm sorry, with that lie, Satan led Eve to death. With that lie, Satan led Eve to death. And consequently, Adam followed by eating of the forbidden food, by believing the lie, and that lie led to their death, their death. Albeit now spiritual death, not spiritual death, but physical death, because of God's grace, God's grace. Lying is Satan's primary weapon against God's people. So how do you know it? When you're being fed a lie. That's that's they but in that the one million uh, one billion, one point two nine million billion. That's a lot of them. That's more I know somebody won it, never mind. Okay, so that I mean that's it. Say that's his primary weapon against God's people. He uses this tactic to deceive us, to deceive us. And sometimes we are just dying to be deceived. Think about it. Think about how many times you have just died to be deceived. 
It could be anything, right? Uh, it could be working at a bank uh, and there's money all over the place. And you just grab a couple of hundred. They're not going to notice it. I'm going to come out short. I'll, I'll put it back when I get paid, something like that. Just dying. And you know you're not supposed to. You just die to buy into that lie. It's okay. It's okay. I think of all the other lies, all the other deceptions that you have fallen into because you wanted to. And that's what he uses. He says it's okay. The world is telling you it's okay. Talking about Satan's lie. The world is that if that's the way you want to be, don't let anybody tell you it's wrong. If you choose to live like that, you're okay. Who's to tell you otherwise? Well, just the king of glory. But anyway, I mean, you know, that's that's the lie. That's what Satan uses. So we go back to our passage. Back in our passage, we look at the king of truth, and that is Jesus Christ. And prior to be taken, prior to be taken right before Pilate, Jesus is taken to a kangaroo, a true kangaroo court that, that did not obey any of the justice laws, the Jewish justice laws. He's taken to the high priest at night at his house. I mean, breaking all these, they had their own laws about this. And they broke them all for Jesus. What a special guy. They broke them all for him. They took him to the high priest. And the high priest asked Jesus a direct question, a direct question. He says, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed? And Jesus says to him, I am. I am. And you will see the son of God seated up at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds from heaven. Mark 14. The, the Greek word for Christ comes from the Hebrew word Messiah. Messiah means king, God's king. That's why he was brought forth. Because they said Jesus is claiming to be God's king. And that is treason. That is treason for the Romans. Can't have a, a king other than who? Other than Caesar. Caesar is king. So now, the Jewish leaders took him to the Romans, the, he, the, the Gentile leaders, and now he stands before a representative of Caesar, the, the king of the, of the Roman Empire. And as and this, this is fascinating, as this takes place, and, and as, uh, if, if you know anything about interrogations or interviews, it is fascinating to read this, okay? Uh, because as Pilate is interrogating Jesus. His first question is that, just direct. That's the best way to be on an interrogation or an interview. Are you the king of the Jews? Just ask him, did you steal that money? You don't go around anything. Did you shoot that man? You know, ask him point blank. Did you, did you? Let them deny it. Just real quick. In police work, Sometimes our, sometimes officers are afraid to ask that direct question, and they miss out because sometimes they'll say, "Yeah, I did it." And it's over. You, they just confess to you. But they, that, what Pilate did, he asked him directly, "Are you the King of the Jews? Are you the King of the Jews?" Now, as the dialogue starts, 
And as their conversation, their, their, their interchange goes on in our passage, it is interesting because Jesus is the one who drives it. Jesus is the one who determines the direction of the conversation. It's Jesus directing Pilate. Jesus does not deny the claim. He doesn't deny the claim that he is the king, the king. But he tells Pilate, he tells Pilate that, is, that his kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is not of this world. In other words, he's telling Pilate, you don't need to be threatened. Not yet. Because my kingdom is not of this world. Ah, Pilate says, so you are a king. You are a king. Jesus says, for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth, to the truth in this broken, sinful, lie-filled world. To bear witness to the truth echoes what it says in 1 John. Verse 14, there we're told that the word, the Lagos, the Lagos became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son of the father, full of grace and full of truth. It's talking about Jesus becoming a human, talking about the divine becoming, the incarnation of the divine becoming a human being to dwell among the people. And this divine person, this, this incarnate human is full of grace and full of truth. Jesus is the king of grace. He is the king of truth. He is, God, he, he is the king. He is the king of God's truth. He bears witness to the truth, divine truth. That is why a fallen world rejects him. The, the, the whole nation of the Jews rejected him. And the Gentiles, they rejected him. They all, we all got together and said, yeah, we want to reject this guy. But the good news is that not everybody rejects him. Not everybody rejects Jesus because of his grace, because he is the king of grace. We can rejoice in knowing that, that he has given grace to his people. This is the most important part that pertains to you and me. Because if it wasn't for this part right here, we would just be, we wouldn't be here. Because of grace, we're saved. Because of grace, you are here. Because of God's grace, you are kingdom bound through faith in Jesus Christ. Through faith in the truth, divine truth, who is Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus is talking about. In verse 37, he says, everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Wait a minute, Manny. I can't hear Jesus' voice. You do. You hear him. All you got to do is get into his word. That's his voice. His divine word. We get into his word, okay? Now, if you ever wondered, like, and, and we, we debate about a lot of things in this world and, and with loved ones and, and, and friends and, and even on uh, just people we know. And, and we all have our opinion. But if we listen to his voice, we, by getting into his holy scripture, 
we will know the truth. We will know the truth. Jesus is saying, this is the sole purpose why I came into the world, why I was born, why I'm here, to bear witness to the truth for the salvation of all who know the truth. You can't know the truth without grace. You can't know the truth without the Holy Spirit coming upon you to reveal it to you, to open your hearts and minds to hear it. Again, we are here because of that. Now, we're all in different paths. We're all on different, in our journey, in our spiritual walk with Christ, we're all in different points. We, 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 all, we, all, we all progress differently. And, and everybody is, is, is an individual and special to the Lord. But he, he is calling to you, demands your response. Not, your, not, not so much that you would reject it, and you do when you don't respond, but he's calling you to make a commitment to him. He's, what, what's a commitment? Well, a commitment is to, to love someone. And you love them so much that you're willing to inconvenience yourself for him. You're willing to drive 800 miles to El Paso from El Paso, something like that. It's five, okay. <laughs> Inconvenience yourself by saying, I, I, I don't feel like going to worship today. I'm so tired. It's been a tough week. You know what? This week was even tougher than all the other weeks. This was the toughest week. And I feel a little <coughs> sick. I don't feel that good. COVID, yeah, that's it. I'm gonna stay home. We got we can come up with anything, right? Let me test myself. I tested myself and for COVID and it tested negative. So I tested myself again. Still negative. But you see, we do it. We do, we're so good at it. I'm gonna miss the next week. I promise you. Jesus knows I love him. Him. Let's see how we do it. I mean, it's so easy. What's harder is, I'm going, I don't feel like it, but I need it. Uh, someone in our church mentioned that to me last week. I, I need it. I need it. I need him. I need to see him. I need to, I need to worship him. When I worship him, I'm complete. When I worship him, I get rejuvenated. When I worship him, I'm fed to go on. Glorify him with my life. That's that's it. In in John chapter 14. On the very night that Jesus was betrayed, we'll pick it up here and, and wrap it up. Okay. Um, on, in John 14, on the very night that Jesus was betrayed uh, and, and killed, Jesus prepared his disciples for what was coming. And he says to them, This. This is how we define truth, because Jesus defines it. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Bang. I am the way for you. I am the truth, divine truth for you. I am the life eternal for you. No one, no one comes through the Father except through me. 
except through Christ. A quick breakdown of it. He starts off by using I am. I am. That is powerful in, in, the, in, in, in our Bible, in the Old Testament and New. I am. That is Yahweh. When Jesus, uh, when, when Moses, when Moses, uh, when, Jesus, when God was sending Moses to Pharaoh to go talk to him, he goes, well, who can I talk to the people? He says, who can I tell them sent me? And Jesus and God says, I am sent you. Yahweh. I am, I was, I will be. And Jesus starts off that statement by saying, I am, I am. In the Greek, there is no doubt. It's like saying, I myself, or only I am. He makes, no, there's no contradiction. He's not mixing words. He's not messing things up. He knows what he's saying. I am. It's like Yahweh, the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, so, so he starts off with that. It is, it, there's no doubt that Jesus claimed to be God in, in, in the New Testament. He claimed to be God so much that there was a time where people picked up stones to kill him because of what he was saying to them. And he escapes because it wasn't his time. The people knew who he's claiming to be. I am. I am he. The words, the words are so powerful. When they came to arrest Jesus, the 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 religious leaders sent their their police, the their religious police, to go arrest them. The soldiers or soldiers, they went to arrest them, and Jesus says, "I am." The soldiers fall to the ground. They're looking for him. They're asking for him, and he says, "I am. I am He." like him saying Yahweh. It's like God spoke and the soldiers fell to the ground. They had to get back up and do what they came to do, but that's what, that's what they did. Such a powerful phrase. The name, the authority that Jesus claimed for himself. The way, the way is, uh, there's a definite article, okay? The definite article, the way well, what's the way? The way to heaven, the way to God, the way to the kingdom. Jesus is the way, a definite article. So no other way. No other way exists. None. He is the way. And he is the truth. Another definite article. The truth. The, meaning the only, the only truth. God's truth. God's truth, and everyone who knows the truth will listen to him, listen to his voice. The life, again, a definite article, the life he's talking about, eternal life, eternal life, the life. He's telling his disciples about his impending death, but he's talking about how he is the way, the truth, and the life, the eternal life. He still is. He is the source. He is the path to heaven. He is the truth for them to follow, the way for them to follow. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's get, try to get it wrapped up here. What have you heard today? Or what do you need to hear? Well, you need to hear that Jesus Christ is the embodiment 
of the truth of the truth of God. And that everyone who is of the truth listens to him, listens to him. And they are kingdom bound, glory bound. But is he talking about you? Is this passage talking about you? You know, I'm a nobody. I'm just kind of blending with the crowd. There's some big sinners out there. And there's some famous people and rock stars and just a nobody here. Is that talking about you? Especially you. Especially you. And that's how you need to receive it. You need to receive it as if it's as if God Himself is talking to you. Especially you. It's a personal message. Truth, truth. Ultimate divine truth is not a matter of your opinion or a matter of your perspective or a matter of your preferences. Truth is a person, and that person is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has told you in John uh, 8, verses 31 and 32, that if you abide in my word, hear my voice, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free from the condemnation of hell. Set you free. Hey, the other day, just real quick, the other day, uh, let's see, women's pro basketball star, uh, what's her name? Brittany Griner. Uh, Griner, is that right? Does anybody know? You're right. She, if you hadn't been keeping up with the papers or the news or whatever, She's been in prison in, in Russia, uh, accused of marijuana, of possessing marijuana. Well, the other day, verdict came out. She pled guilty to that. She pled guilty to uh, the, the possession of marijuana in Russia. Now, she's in Russia. She's been in jail, and she was sentenced to nine years for that guilty plea. Now, she had a difference of opinion. She thought that the marijuana was okay, and apparently the Russian government didn't think so, and so there was somebody... Somebody was wrong, and she finally admitted, well, okay, I was wrong. Nine years. See, the, the interesting, well, the reason I bring up that story is there's a difference of an opinion that somebody won, somebody, somebody won, somebody, nobody won, and especially her. She didn't win. She got sentenced to nine years. We don't know what's going to happen, but that's, that's the verdict. But that's just on an earthly, this is just a, an earthly thing about disagreement and who's truth and who's telling the truth and all that. Can you imagine divine truth against worldly truth. And everything that the world tells us is okay is not okay if it's against divine truth. Can you handle that? Because just like Mrs. Miss Grimes, Grimer, you're, if you don't believe in Christ, if you don't believe in his truth, you can be sentenced eternally, not just nine years, eternally. Now, if you do believe, you've heard his voice. You're, you're called to do what we've been talking about for the last few weeks. Share the gospel with others. Share the gospel with others. Share with others. Use this passage. When, they, when they're confused about the world and what the world says, I can do this, I, can, I can't do that, and I, they, you know, the Bible says I can't do this, but the world says I'm okay, and I, you tell them, look, 
that's this is divine truth, and that's that's kind of like the worldly truth. And somebody's wrong. Now you decide, because the penalties are different. If you are in Christ, you're called to share the gospel, share the message, share this passage, share in knowing that God, that Jesus Christ is God's truth. He is truth, divine truth. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we. You've been listening to Manny Alanese, pastor at St. Stephen's Chapel. For more information about our church, visit our website at ststephenschapel.org or call us at 210-241-5969. Please join us prayerfully and financially as we seek to glorify God by preaching His Word and spreading the gospel of grace in boldness and selflessness.